What's up, guys? Another hump day Wednesday coming at you. Got a couple of topics I want to talk about. Weather's getting nice, man. It's uh, it's time to get out there and enjoy this beautiful South Carolina weather, whether it's on the golf course or fishing or, you know, exploring, travel, walking around the lake, the beach, whatever you do, man, it's, it's getting right. The sun, the sun is out every day. Been a slight breeze for the last couple of weeks to keep keep it kind of cool, but we can keep the rain away, man. It's really nice. But uh, got three topics I want to talk about, um, in regards to uh, what's going on in the world. First and foremost, I'm gonna talk about the ESPN 30 for 30s or any documentaries in general. I love the documentaries. I like uh. Anything outside the face value, we all see what happens on the nightly news or sports center, but to, to get in depth, to ask people when, why, how, you know, who, you know, ask those questions that we really don't know and things that we've probably forgotten about. Uh, the Greg Norman one was on last night and it was excellent. So enjoyed watching it. Um, secondly, the mask mandate has been uplifted in, uh, you know, on most flights and and just about everywhere very few very few places you go now you see people wearing masks um i think it's more in the black demographic uh, are still wearing masks in the walmart and the like you know uh places grocery stores where there's a lot of people uh, i think for the most part outside of the senior citizen white group everybody else pretty much left a mask at home um i'm not against the mask and but we'll talk about that in just a moment and then last but not least, we'll finish up with golf, but more so of the def defection of the PGA Tour, the new Live Tour, the Saudi Arabia Tour that's got a lot of money uh, tied up in there, guaranteeing money for some of the some of the lesser known players to join, maybe some of the veterans, which may be Phil Mickelson, maybe Kevin Nod, Jason Kokrak, um, some others, uh, Robert Gregarious applied this week to be able to play. He's a guy who hadn't really made much of his PGA career the last decade or so. He's trying to go get that money grab. And we'll talk about the pros and cons of that. And also the uh, handicapping the Zurich Classic, the uh, team tournament this weekend in Louisiana where uh, two guys team up to play uh, for a lot of money and a lot of FedEx Cup points and stuff like that. But we'll talk about that. Uh, and lastly, so a few years back, ESPN came out with this uh, 30 for 30, and they've done everything from, you know, uh, typical sports, um, you know, mainstream sports, all the way to like Ric Flair and wrestling, uh, NASCAR, a lot of biographical stuff about people and uh, the industries of mainly sports. But uh, it was just... It, the Last Dance pretty much set the standard. A uh, 10-part documentary on the Bulls, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Phil Jackson, Dennis Rodman, the inner workings of, of who Michael Jordan was on the court, off the court. Um, really a no-holds-barred interview where Jordan pretty much told uh, whatever he felt like telling. Um, and then, you know, having teammates and, and staff from the Chicago Bulls reiterate uh that time period where the bulls were so dominant and how jordan was to deal with it was great like it set like i guess i said it set the bar for future documentaries but 
these other 3030s are good as well because they talk to the generally talk to the main character and get like inside thoughts and this greg norman you know greg norman is known as to be a great golfer but he's one of those guys who just could never seal the deal at augusta had multiple opportunities leading um going in and this couldn't this couldn't close and the biggest you know it, it kind of finished up with his losing a six shot lead in 96 to nick faldo and how he just uh disintegrated just kind of imploded on that last day i think he shot a 78 and uh nick faldo just crushed him and it was a lot of the intangibles about him playing with faldo and 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 what people were saying going in and talking about him choking uh, him changing his grip, him being really nervous, and then you know. But anyway, it kind of it kind of led uh, a story from young to old. It didn't really go past that. It didn't go past that '96 Masters in the business. But you know, the dude's made like a half a billion dollars, uh, worth a half a billion dollars, and uh, you know, it didn't talk about the Shark brand necessarily, and and it definitely didn't go as far to the new Saudi Arabia tour. But uh, the 30 for 30s, man, they're just great. Or any biographies are great of something that you're interested in. And a lot of times it's somebody who I don't realize I'm interested in until you start giving backstories and stuff. So, you know, I'm sure most of you aren't golf fans like I am, but you grew up in an era where, you know, Nick Faldo's and the Greg Normans, you know, especially with all the clothes around, the Norman, the Shark brand, the Shark collection, uh, I think from Reebok. <laughs> was big was a big deal back when we were growing up so it's an interesting documentary just watching how somebody uh breaks down uh when the when the lights are the brightest and greg norman definitely did that even though you know until tiger woods came on tour greg norman had won the most money of all time and uh you know he's winning like 10 11 tournaments a year just not the big ones and uh you know, number one in the world for 360 weeks or something. You know, if you do that math, that's crazy. You know, that's just, uh, it's just crazy. A whole, basically a whole decade off and on, he was number one. So, you know, it's just, this is wild how good he was, uh, as a, as a professional golfer. So check that out if, you, if you're interested in, in golf or just documentaries, biographies, any of that stuff. It's a, it's a pretty good story. And uh, I applaud ESPN, man. I'd love to do that. There's some things that I've I've uh, brainstormed about around here. You know, I know, I, I think I know who the Lizard Man guy was um, that, you know, that was a big deal back when we were kids in Bishopville and the story behind it. I've talked to enough people. I wanted to do some kind of expose on, on what really happened there. And I, I feel like I know what happened and who it was. I actually know the guy fairly well. If I speak, if I see the guy, I speak to him. But, you know, it was one of them deals where he doesn't want it to be known and let out. And maybe, maybe after he passes, maybe his family will let it be known. But it's a pretty interesting story about how it came about and why and why it stopped. And uh, I'll leave it at that. Also, I wanted to do uh, uh, somewhat of a documentary on Blaney Dragstrip, which is now Blaney Hills. It's kind of a, uh, it's a, I won't say trailer park, but it's a mobile home development type deal. But the Dragstrip used to run right down the middle of that. And I spent a bunch of my childhood there, my, my dad and uncles and all. 
used to race. I don't remember a lot about it because I didn't really care for it. It was just so loud to me um, back then. But I'd like to talk to some of them old guys and, and why why it shut down. Uh, I feel like I heard there was some drug running, some helicopter and some planing in some drugs and, and fit, you know laundering some stuff through there. That's never been confirmed uh, uh, definitely, but I'm curious uh, if that's the truth. I'd like to talk to some of these old timers around Blaney, but I don't know, man. I don't know if there's enough that would spill the beans or tell the truth, but I think it'd be interesting from our town. Uh, you know, I grew up probably a mile, mile and a half from the racetrack. It'd be cool to find out what actually went down, but maybe, maybe in the future. But anyway, if you get a chance, check out that 30 for 30. And if you hadn't checked them all out, there's a bunch of them, man. There's, there's a bunch of good ones on there that's uh, in the archives you can pull up and watch. But the Greg Norman one, is, it's really good. It's really good to watch how it all unfolded. <laughs> Folks are rejoicing. Uh, for the most part, uh, the mask mandate has been uh, lifted. You're not required to wear a mask on airplanes for the most part. Um, and, and in general, uh, most people don't wear a mask anymore anyway. Uh, from what I see, it's usually the older black demographic, um, some older white folks maybe. Um, but for the most part, in my daily travels uh, to people's homes, to grocery stores, gas stations, you know, whatever, I don't see a lot of people wearing a mask anymore. Um, the mandate, you know, people are rejoicing about their freedoms and stuff like that. I, I don't really have a problem with the mask. Like, you know, there's people that argue that the mask don't work. And I, I can't I can't get behind that argument for the simple fact that, like, it may not prevent everything. But if, if, if it doesn't work, then why do you cover your mouth when you sneeze or cough or, you know, it, 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 it works in some percentage. I don't know if that's 10 20 50 90 i don't know you know and and probably wearing the gator around your face that's probably like a dry fit piece of material that probably doesn't work a lot but I, you know the analogy of if you know if i pee in my pants and you're not wearing pants it might not affect you because you know the pee's gonna get caught in my pants or if a little bit comes out and you're not wearing pants it may get on you but if I'm wearing pants and you're wearing pants and I pee in my pants, that pee ain't going to get on you. It's going to get stuck in my pants and maybe your pants. And that's kind of the analogy of the mask. I mean, I, I just don't see the argument for it. I, mean, I don't know that it should be mandated one way or the other. I don't, I'm not going to argue that point, but I just don't understand where you don't think it's helpful at some point. I mean, you go to the dentist, you open up your mouth, they wearing a mask. You know, you go to the, the doctor, he's coming, doing a physical, looking in your mouth, nose, ears, throat. He's wearing a mask, wearing gloves. I mean, at some point, it helps at some level. I mean, it, you, you can't be foolish enough. It's like saying a chest protector doesn't keep you from getting your, your, your ribs broke when you're catching a baseball. There's some protection there. I don't know what level, but, you know cool man if you don't want to wear your mask but if you see somebody wearing a mask that doesn't automatically mean you need to ridicule that person for wearing a mask because they you know they feel like that's something they need to do i think that's okay too uh, i have no problem with people wearing masks you know i keep a i keep one of them gaiters around my neck 
uh, just about all day. If somebody asks me to pull it up, I will. And sometimes if you're coughing and carrying on, I'll pull it up anyway. It may not help a, mo a lot, but maybe it'll stop some of it. Um, I'm not against it. I think if you want to wear a mask, do it. I don't uh, subscribe to the argument that you can't breathe wearing a mask or it's uncomfortable or something like that because, I mean, doctors do it 12 hours a day. And uh, so, you know, I just don't see the problem there. Um, it's just it's just a, another divide that we have. You're on one team or the other, which has gotten ludicrous uh, for the most part. But, you know, be, if you don't want to wear it, that's cool. Don't. But, you know, it's, it's like a lot of different things. You know, everybody has their options. And if you do, that's cool, too. So hopefully people are, are smart about it. If you're sick, you're coughing and carrying on, hopefully you take those precautions. COVID or not, I mean, people coughing and carrying on piss me off when they're nearby in my space because I feel like, you know, at some point, there's, you know, if you're coughing, there's a reason. If you're sneezing, there's a reason. And it ain't just pollen all the time. So uh, if you're wearing your mask, keep on wearing it. If you don't want to wear your mask, enjoy your freedom of not wearing it. But don't be coughing and carrying on. And make sure you keep some gum because nobody wants to smell your stinking breath either. All right, I'm going to wrap up this session with uh, another golf uh, topic. It's really not about golf as much as it is about, like, social justice or, you know, something like that. The Saudi Arabia Tour is financing a new golf um, league. And their hope was to put so much money out there, like $250 million. That guys like John Rahm and Roy McIlroy, um, Colin Morikawa, you know, Justin Thomas, the young bucks, the faces of the PGA would decide to leave the PGA Tour to come and play for them where the money's just like ungodly. Like you can make 40 million, 20 to 40 million bucks if you win out, you know, some of these things and, you know, which is way more money than a lot of these guys make. I feel like you know, guys like Justin Thomas, DJ, Rom, they can parlay their, their their fame into a lot of that kind of money. Where some of these other guys like Jason Kokrak, uh, Joe Damon, they're really good. They're top 50 players, but they're really not marketable as much. And, they, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see who goes. I think they have to apply to the PGA. Uh, you know, in a couple by a couple weeks is the deadline, and then be approved to go. The first guy to jump is Robert Gregarious. Dude has made fourteen million dollars on the tour, but he hadn't been really good in the last decade. He doesn't make cuts a lot. He's not making a lot of money um, playing golf, so he can go over here if he sneaks up there and you know finishes well. It's like a four hundred one k for him. Now he will get PGA pension and all this stuff, you know, for his time served on the tour which is really good money. And he could probably just go back and be a golf pro at a, a elite golf course somewhere and live a great life. But that's where the, you know, the weight, the weight of this comes in to where you're talking about $250 million up for grabs, eight tournaments. Um, so it's not a big schedule and it's a lot of money. So it, it, the biggest question I think everybody has is who's going to jump. Most of the top guys have committed to the PGA Tour. Roy McIlroy has really been outspoken about this, about the social justice and how bad they treat people. Um, so, you know, I think the top 20 or so guys are definitely going to stay. But a guy like Jason Kokrak, a guy like Joe Damon, 
who don't really care about legacy and realize they only have a couple more years to play. And I threw Joe Damon out there. I'm not, I'm not saying he's going. I'm just talking about a person like him who doesn't really have a legacy uh, in golf, uh, hasn't won major championships. People wouldn't recognize them if they saw him, you know, at the Shoney's Buffet. Uh, may jump to get that money because, you know, you're an independent contractor. You're not guaranteed anything. You know, the, the, the top names are pretty much guaranteed stuff. You see Dustin Johnson commercials and, and, and commercials all over with the top dogs, uh, but you don't see them from a Joel Damon, a Justin, uh, a Jason Kokrak, and some of these other middle-tier guys. And then, so I believe what's going to happen is the guys on the back end of the top 50, to 125 some of those guys will jump for that money grab some of the young guys who don't feel like they can compete you know they can make a cut here and there but they can't make that kind of money they don't have a legacy they may jump and then some of the older guys like phil megelson ian poulter who know they can't really win big money on the tour can go over there and probably compete against these lesser known these corn fairy these young guys the old guys can't compete and make, you know, $20 million. I don't care who you are. $20 million is a lot of money. You know, you can do a lot of things with $20 million. So it's going to be interesting to see who jumps, who goes for that money grab. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully it works out. Well, my, goal, my, my thought process is this. You know, it's going to open up some doors for some marginal players. Some corn fairy guys may get added. Um, you know, onto the circuit, uh, due to you know to fill the fill the gaps. Maybe some sponsors exemptions. Maybe and maybe they can you know make a cut. Maybe they can get a top twenty. Maybe they can make some money. Cause it's tough on the corn ferry, man. I mean, you can make the cut and still lose money on the week because the money's not there, which I think is asinine. Uh, for the tour, the corn ferry, any of that with as much money as they're giving away for the PIP and, you know, stuff like that. There's so much money, and and golf's supposed to be a non-profit. I don't know why they don't finance their junior junior league or their minor circuit better, and I I don't think anybody who actually makes the tour and gets a tour card should be losing money. I mean, there's just so much money around. Guarantee them guys like a hundred grand, and then, you know, you make what you make or something. There's money out there, man. Phil Mickelson don't need $8 million because he tweets well. You know, it's stuff like that. Tiger Woods don't need that $10 million you gave him for being, you know, the, the best the, the, the best social social media influencer or whatever you want to call it. Get that to these young guys who might have to quit playing golf and go work at a golf course because they can't afford to drive to Illinois and then New Mexico the following week. And then maybe Mexico after that. It's just it's just kind of crazy, but we'll see. Everybody has to, uh, you know, make their stance in the next couple of weeks, and we'll see which guys will go. They waited till after the Masters so everybody can play that, and uh, you know that's cool. And we'll see who will separate and chase that money. I'm interested in it. I hope uh, Netflix is doing a a deep dive on it. They're doing a deep dive on the PGA Tour like they did F1. So looking forward to this behind the scenes stuff and. Who's going to come out and say, yeah, man, I'm here for the money? Uh, Co-Cracker has already said he, he's all about the money. He's all about uh, fam- you know, setting up his family. And I don't blame him. You know, a lot of people talk about uh, bad.
bad working conditions, all this kind of stuff, and the social justice. But you know, Nike's Nike's been shitty, a shit ass company for twenty years, and nobody minds that. Nobody minds Jordan or any of these other guys wearing Jordan brand. So you know, nobody wants to talk about that. You just pick and choose what you're outraged about. So I'm looking forward to it. Secondly, on that this week, the Zurich Open. It's a team tournament. It's unique. They start out the they start out the first round where each two man team each player plays their own ball. The best score they record it. The next day it's alternate shot, which means if I drive the ball down the fairway, you hit it to the green, and then I chip it up and you put it. We take turns, and that's a kind of screwy one. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of times your teammate puts you in a bad spot. Guys are using different balls. All this type of different stuff. There's a lot of variables in there. It's hard to play. Uh, you're not really getting in a groove when you're taking every other shot. And some people struggle with it. So, uh, defending champions are Cam Smith and Mark Leishman, the Australians. They're probably they probably got to be the odds-on favorite to win this thing. But there's a couple other teams that are up there. Um, Ryan Palmer somehow always gets the number one player in the world. He's played with Jordan Speed. He's played with John Rahm. Now he'll play with Scotty Scheffler. That's a unique uh, team. Ryan Palmer's all right. But, uh, you know, Scotty Scheffler probably could have went and grabbed somebody else. They could have kicked some ass. But mm, we'll see. They'll be in the top ten, I'm sure. I just don't know if Ryan Palmer's the anchor leg to help out a Scotty Scheffler. Young bucks like Victor Hovland, Collinmore, and Kyle are together. That's another odds-on favorite team. But what I'm looking at, I got a couple I'm going to look at. Uh, Billy Horschel's been playing some really good golf as well as Sam Burns. They're, they're, they're like fifth best, fifth favorites. I'm taking them to win this thing. I think both of them are, are good all-around players. Uh, when they putt well, they're really good. I think those guys are like 12-1 to 1 is a good team. I like Taylor Gooch and Max Homer. Those are boys. They're dogs. They play golf together anyway. So I feel like that'll be more familiar for them. Max Homer's won a little bit. Gooch has won one time this year. Um, I think they're about 25 to 1. And then way on deeper back there, about 30 to 1. Davis Riley, who really should have won a tournament about a month ago, kind of broke down and, and lost to Sam Burns in the playoff. Young guy, great ball striker. Uh, he's teamed up with Will Zalatoris who's hitting the ball as good as anybody. He just putts like shit. So if either one of them guys can get their putter hot, I think they got a shot back there around 30 to 1. Um, you know, those those three are my picks. Horschel and Burns, Gooch and Homer, Davis Riley and Will Zalatoris. That's the three I'm kind of hoping uh, show up. Um, Sheffield don't want enough, and I don't want Ryan Palmer to win because he picked a good teammate. But there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of good teams in this thing. Um, and then there's some that the Robert Gregorius guy, he's playing in it. His teammate is, uh, you know, South Carolina's own Tommy Ganey. Interesting to see if a guy like Tommy Ganey in his early 40s doesn't make that plunge to Saudi Arabia, but see how he well he does this week in this team tournament. There's about 80 teams in this thing. They cut it down to like 35 after two rounds, and then it's pretty much a, 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 a horse race to the end, see who can score the best. Interesting tournament, not near as interesting as the Masters, and maybe not as much as the Heritage, but it's a fun, it's a fun deal. That's the three I got to pick. 
I really think uh, I really like Gooch and Homer, twenty-five to one, something like that. If you got a DraftKings or a FanDuel account, put your ten dollars on them. They'll make it fun to watch this weekend. Maybe put another ten on uh, Cam Smith and Mark Leishman as a little insurance. They probably gonna win this thing. Cam's playing as good as anybody uh, up into the twelfth hole at the Masters, and Mark Leishman's good at these tournaments as well. So plus they they both Australian, so they're tough. But uh, that's all I got for you, man. 30 for 30, check them out. I love the documentaries, sports or otherwise. Mass, wear them, don't wear them, but don't mess with nobody who is wearing them. It ain't none of your business. Let, it, let, them, let them breathe their own, own you know, carbon dioxide, monoxide, or whatever. Let it go. And then Saudi Arabia tournament, we'll see how that goes. There's going to be a, there'll be a documentary on that for sure. Uh, Blood Money, you know, the Bone Saw Tournament. Something like that. There's going to be some negativity, but I'm looking forward to it, and I think it gives uh, some young guys an opportunity and maybe some old guys to get that 401k. Appreciate y'all listening. Me and Kurt will have a show on Sunday morning. I know that's what you guys have been waiting on. we got some good topics, some interesting discussions, some questions, some lists, um, stuff that you know maybe you hadn't thought about. But uh, we'll be live on Sunday morning, and we'll post it as soon as we're done. Y'all have a good week. Enjoy your hump day.